Okay, well, welcome back, everybody, to Massive Late Fee. We have another special guest here. Uh, I know you've been liking these interviews, so we're definitely going to try to bring more of these to you. Today, we are talking to a very interesting actor, uh, Italian in origin, uh, by Belgium by birth, <laughs> uh, French uh, by influence, and English by current location. It is Giuseppe Lentini. He will be appearing in the new Disney film Artemis Fowl later this summer. How are you doing, Giuseppe? Hi, everybody. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, no, no problem. We're uh, very excited to have you here. So, as I said at the beginning, your parents are Italian. You were born in Belgium. You currently yes. live in the UK. London. Yeah, in London. Yeah. Uh, what... What does all that kind of diversity and just different influence, how does that inform you as an actor? Well, I find that super kind of um, interesting to have all this different kind of background. And um, especially also living here now, living in London. Um, it's been 15 years now that I live in London, so I can, can call myself a bit British, although you can tell by the accent that I haven't lost my Belgian-French accent. Mm -hmm. But, um, no, I find that really, really interesting to be... You know, I call myself like a citizen of the world, basically, because I have all this kind of different influence from from going back to my childhood and from my origin. My parents were both from Sicily, you know, like um, the Sicilian... Um, it's called um, Agrigento, the Valley of the Temple, mm -hmm. Temple Valley which is a beautiful, beautiful area. But funny enough, you know, my mom couldn't stand the heat, so she decided to go more north. And um, that's why I was basically born in Belgium, because it was a bit cooler, and for her. And obviously I was born in the French-speaking part of Belgium, which is called Wallonia, you know. And you might have heard that somehow in America. And... Um, and basically, yes, yeah, so my dad was an opera singer, from the age of like seven, his parents have discovered that he had kind of a beautiful voice and they decided to, to just help and have a bit of a singing teacher and so on. And then he ended up having like his kind of troupe and touring a bit in, in Belgium, in France, in Luxembourg and all the things. And he was singing a bit like opera, operetta, you know. So basically at home from a very young age, we were always like... You know, there was always lots of music at home because my dad loved music, but not just opera. He loved also uh, pop music, like one of his favorite uh, artists back then were like uh, basically Whitney Houston and Maria Carey and um, Michael Jackson, Prince. So we were kind of cool with my dad because he was so into pop music and everything that it was like he was like our best mate because he could understand us. You know? So it was quite, quite interesting. And then, you know, it's a kind of a typical Hollywood story, basically, like for a film. Um, unfortunately, Destiny decided otherwise, and I think my dad had a kind of a difficult time. And basically, by, you know, by what happened, decided if I, he couldn't really sing anymore. He lost, he lost uh, the voice at heart, I could say like this, and um, and you know, like in every kind of big family, like we are five siblings, 
there's always one who's going to decide to pursue uh, what was not achieved by their parents. And uh, I think that was me. So, <laughs> and I always thought I was doing going to do something in, in music because um, I inherited kind of uh, my dad's voice, mm-hmm. a bit of it. And um, so I always tried to do something in pop and basically I wrote my own very first song when I was like 16, which was called, believe you me, Believe in Yourself. Okay. So... And uh, that was kind of very, when I think about this journey I'm on today, and which is actually all about believing in yourself, whoever you are out there, if you believe in yourself, then someday maybe someone will believe in you. Because I think, yeah, that's the thing, because at the end of the day, you know, I think for many years, I've been chasing like maybe a dream in show business and so on, thinking like, please help me, you know, please believe in me. When actually I realized, quite after all this journey uh, that I went through, that basically I do believe in myself today. I'm the one who can make things happen because by believing in me, I can attract someone who can believe in me and give me the opportunity to show uh, my talent. Now, as as an actor, uh, who would you say is your biggest influence as far as your, your style goes? Oh, basically, you know, I, I love um, Jack Nicholson. Okay. I really like him. I, I mean, The Shining, I, I love this performance that he had in there. Mm-hmm. But also, obviously, being Sicilian, from a Sicilian background, I also love The, the Godfather. So I love Robert De Niro and... Uh, Al Pacino and um, obviously the f- movies from uh, Martin Scorsese and you know all these people, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm quite influenced by that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, let's not forget. Obviously, I've been raised in the French language. Right. So also amazing, amazing um, artists in France like Simon Signoret and Yves Montand and uh, yeah. Jean Gabin and all those monster of French cinema. You know, some of them made it a bit to Hollywood as well, by the way. But so I was quite influenced by all this different culture, like a bit Italian, a bit French, a bit Belgian, a bit, um, a bit, and I even here in England as well, where where I, I kind of like some some of these um, actors as well. Now, speaking of uh, the Godfather, you are on a TV series uh, for nine episodes called Mobsters. Yes, yes. <laughs> can, can you tell us a little bit about that and uh, and your role in that in that show? Well, basically, um, it's a kind of a, it's a bit like a comedy, obviously. Yeah, you know. So we take a bit like a, a piss in what's going on in this world, basically. <laughs> and uh, I'm naive enough in this in this part that I'm playing as um, you know, and uh, I think I can save the world with a banana. Basically. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> And so I, I pretend to be the naive one and so on. Obviously, I'm very wise and I, I know exactly what I'm doing, but uh, I just pretend, you know, so. And it was quite a very interesting uh, journey, that that uh, that part, because we're quite an amazing, you know, little team and everyone believed in the project a lot. And, um, and basically, there's even a plan eventually uh, in the very near future to actually try to make it like a, a little feature film about this mobster um, kind of a story so we'll see more of that maybe yeah okay. and i love the yellow hat basically yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> for yeah. it suited me well 
That would be great for sure. Now I know yeah. I know you'd made the trip recently to Hollywood for pilot yeah. season. Met a lot yeah. of people there. Let me ask you, uh, for those of you, obviously this is an audio medium, so you guys can't see Giuseppe. But uh, for those of you that don't know, you are four foot eleven, and yes. obviously you have the uh, very interesting accent. Uh, you can definitely hear the the French Belgian influence, uh, yeah. a little yeah. bit of mix of of a couple other things as well. Uh, yeah. So you've got you've got the accent, the height. How does that that difference? Uh, help you as far as you know when you're auditioning and things like that well for honestly for many years I thought that that was kind of playing against me but then I, re I came to realize quite in the last couple of months and casting uh, I attended that basically casting directors like people who are well different mm -hmm. and uh, basically now what what's happening uh, in the most recent casting I had this like you know the casting process usually is like you get to a first casting, if they like you, if the producer or, you know, the production company likes you, they get you to come back, which they call that uh, a callback, you know? Mm -hmm. And basically in my last couple of casting, I was straight in callback sessions. So I, I didn't, I was not even asked to attend the first casting. So I started to realize that there was a certain interest in something different. So basically, there would be a shortcut like of four or five actors, which would be like average build and the thing you always see in TV, like you know, like like the apples as I like to use it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you buy six apples in a supermarket, they're always like the same shine and the same color and the same size and everything. So that's the same in casting. So when you go into casting, the the casting I attend, usually I see four or five guys who pretty much look all the same and here I am on the corner and I'm the kind of uh, the joker so and I think casting director get me in to be like the guy who is completely different from the other four they've chosen and um, so I'm always like the option so if the producer and you know the production company thinks oh yeah maybe we could try this guy instead of uh, the same 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 old then I'm always kind of this option so basically also in casting, as we know, I mean, most of the time, because of heights, requirements, and, you know, and, you know, casting is always kind of a, when you look at some series and so on, you can see your film, you always have kind of pretty much people of, if not like exactly same size, but you know what I mean? There's always kind of a model of oh, heights. Yeah. and. Yep. So you rarely see like an extremely tall guy or girl or a smaller guy or, you know. So maybe, I don't know, because uh, they would need to give me a little ladder to get to the size, uh, you know, to match the size of the other guy. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't mind. I don't mind to just carry my own little ladder and follow the guys, you know, but mm. hey. <laughs> and so I'm going to say it's a plus to be different because that's what I came to realize as today, presently, like uh, that, this is quite of my luck to be different now. But as I was saying, for many for many years, maybe I felt like maybe I'm too different, you know. And um, but I believe once you really embrace who you are, whoever you are out there, if you really embrace who you are, you embrace your differences and and everything. You make it like radiate, you know. It's kind of radiating that you are well in your own skin, you know. 
and I think that people around, I, I really believe in energies and everything. So I think that if you radiate from inside, uh, people can pick that, can pick that energy. And I think even when you attend casting, you are in that room with, uh, you know, casting directors and film directors and production team, everyone looking at you there. And I think if you have that energy, that radiating energy, then they can pick that up. And sometimes that can get you the job. That can be enough to get you the job because you know they feel that you are you are well and you you feel good and and all of that. But that is in the ideal world. And as I said, this is how I feel today. And you know, in the most recent months and so on. And because I I have completely embraced who I am now. Because I kn I know at the end of the day, you know, there's no point to try to be someone else that I will never be. I am the way God has created me. And I have to embrace that, and it's a gift. So you know, and and I feel good, and I and I. So basically, I want the message I want to carry as well is not just for me, but basically for all the millions of people out there um, who, like me, have some kind of difference and might feel sometimes that they don't fit in. That uh, you know, I mean. You know, basically what I, what I say those days as well, it's great to stand out. It's Absolutely. actually amazing yeah. to stand out. It's, it's amazing to be different at the end of the day. It's, it's just amazing. It's a blessing. But I say it took me a journey to come to that state of mind. But now I'm here, and I'm here to stay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I, think that, <laughs> I think that cinema uh, in, the, you know, in the 50s and the 60s, uh, at least in this country, I know that there were a lot of things uh, being tried in, in Europe, especially France during that time. But in the, United, yes. in the United States in the 50s and the 60s, we got to a pretty stale point as far as cinema went. And it's a lot of it is like you're talking about with everyone kind of looking the same, everyone sort of acting the same. And it really wasn't until the 1970s we got a little more of that European influence and they started to, you know, Jack Nicholson came up during that time and, and there were, that's when Martin Scorsese came up and, and different directors sort of yes, took, yeah, took, exactly. took charge with this vision and they embraced a lot of differences uh, from actors and, and different kind of acting choices. And that's really when cinema kind of opened up in this country. So I definitely agree with what you're saying as far as um, embracing difference. I think that especially you know looking at it from a casting director's point of view you see the same type like you know blonde six foot tall dude come in a time after time it, it just gets uh monotonous but uh you know seeing someone like you obviously there are there are different types of roles you can play and different types of things that you can bring, bring, bring across yeah, and, and that's why I want to, and that's what I'm. I've been trying to convince because I'm still, I'm sticking to it. You know, I'm, I'm sticking to it, and, uh, and, um, and also some casting that keeps calling me back. So I mean, surely they see that there is some potential. But I mean, sometimes you know, I always say success comes with opportunities. Mm -hmm. Everyone can be successful if they are given the opportunity, and this is what a lot of people are lacking: the opportunity. And so, especially in this business of show business and cinema and film and TV and so on, it's to do, with, you know, it, it goes from the basis and the basis is about the storytelling. It's about the, the writing. 
about the writers, the screenwriters. These are the guys who basically can write these stories for all those people, all those different type of people. Mm-hmm. It all goes from there, from the storytelling. You know, so if if they decide to include people, misfits or underdogs or whatever they want to call them in their stories, then these stories maybe one day will be told. But so it it, it all goes from there, from the writer. You know, the guy who's going to take this white piece of paper and start writing and I say, oh, I want to talk about this little chap or this rounded girl or this super tall guy or this guy on a wheelchair or, you know, any kind of thing or this ginger girl or, you know, anything uh, or this super skinny girl and anything, you know, but it all goes from that white piece of paper and this pen and this writer who can put that on and start telling stories, untold stories. And there are so many people who are unrepresented, you know. And I think sometimes, without any kind of pretension, I feel that my journey hasn't been a... It hasn't been an easy journey. It hasn't. Because basically, it's been a, a story about acceptance. My own acceptance. It's been a story about going through, like, zillion of rejection. Even in casting, you know, nine times out of ten, you are rejected anyway. But... But also being different, I mean, you get some natural rejection from the moment you are a child until you become an adult, you know, you're facing so much rejection for just for being different, you know. And um, and it's fine, and it's fine because it shows, like, I always say I, I kind of grateful to my grandparents they gave me that strength, that inner strength that I have. Because, I mean, you know, I went through all, the, all that kind of mass rejection and I think I'm still here talking and trying to inspire other people to just say, you know, embrace who you are, embrace your difference and believe in yourself, you know, and don't give up. And I'm sure that one day, you know, we are quite a couple of millions, uh, just to say the least, in this world to be different. So, I mean, all those million people together is quite a, is quite a big crowd. Absolutely. So I think, I hope that hopefully one day, all together, the more we are talking about this diversity, that we would like to see more of it on TV and in films. And um, because I always say, you know, diversity, I think, in a lot of media is, is a lot about the, like two colors, white and black. Right. Uh, without offending anyone out there who's listening, you know, like, you know, colored people or white people and basically it's like these quota let's put two of these and let's put three of that you know but I mean diversity as many of you listening might recognize themselves in this it's like it's so much more than a color Mm -hmm. and there are so many as I say so many different kind of people who are not representing and who actually never see anyone like themselves in a TV program or or on the film and I think, if I can just make a point, because I know that there's a lot of talks recently about the new kind of media, like like Netflix, for example, which actually I really like, because uh, because basically what I like about Netflix is they're actually telling stories that no one has been telling before. They are maybe giving more more opportunities to film directors to, to hire the kind of actors they want. Like if you take some, a film like Roma, from Alfonso Cuaron, who's been actually make an amazing film with actually a lot of unknown actors and things like that. I mean, I mean, I think that something like this in a kind of big traditional studio 
uh, is unlikely to happen. Yeah, we, I talk, think I don't... we talked about that movie on, on the program a few weeks back. Uh, that's definitely one. Yeah, that's a, an amazing film. And, you know, I, I think uh, Alfonso Cuaron could have probably got that into theaters. But, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, not to disparage the country of my birth, but American audiences tend to shy away from foreign films, unfortunately, because yeah, 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 there's, yeah. there's a lot of good work being done in different places like Mexico, Italy, France. There, there's, there are a lot of good films being made out there that, that people in America just really don't see, unfortunately. And if yeah, maybe, maybe that Roma, you know, maybe that Netflix was fitting perfectly a film like Roma, because then you could see it could be seen everywhere in the world without having, especially to 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 fit in this one special market. Yeah, so I it think, was like I out think, there, out there in the world, and you know. I think more people gave it a chance. More people in this country, I think, gave it a chance because of the ease of finding it on Netflix. So even though the cinematography is gorgeous, and I, I think it really kind of deserves to be seen on a big screen. I think yeah, yeah. I think the choice to put it on on Netflix probably was the right one because I think more people gave it a chance and it's an astounding film. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also I think because you know they were quite pretty much all unknown actors in this film, mm-hmm. and I you know obviously the big studio usually they, they like to attach a big name to a project or things like that. So yeah, that might be a point as well where it went that route, I suppose. But. Uh, but I thought, in a t- in terms of diversity, this film was just amazing in terms of the cast and everything. It was like, it shows that you can make a beautiful movie without especially having like, you can have like people who are different and sounds different and look different and still have a beautiful product at the end, you see? And I thought that, just for that, I thought it was quite interesting. Absolutely. But, um, but I always say that the thing is that, uh, we talk a lot about diversity, you know, there's so many, so many talks about diversity, but I mean, the thing is that in, in action, that's what we would like to see. You know, myself here, on, when I take the, the, the underground here in London, you know, you watch all those programs on TV, then you go and take the underground, and you see so many diverse kind of type of people in, on the train, which basically you never see them represented in any type of program, even on British TV. You know, uh, a lot of the people, different culture we have in this country, you don't, you basically pretty much never see them, never see actors or representatives of, of these different communities. And I think that would be interesting when sometime to have program. I'm not saying that they have to have all the program talking about diversity. They can still keep some, some of those same old uh, beautiful apples all the same in one program, but they could give us something different. Right. You know, so we don't ask that everything has to be diverse, but I mean, there could be a bit more. That's what I mean. And um, slowly but surely, we'll get there and uh, <laughs> be having a bit more representation of the different, you know, um, level of the, of the communities, different communities and cultures. Yeah, absolutely. But I absolutely. think in, in America, is it the same? Is it a bit pretty much the same as here? or? I would say so, yeah. I would say that, uh, you know, there's a push for more diversity, of course, but like as you said, you know, diversity means different things to different people, I suppose. There's a lot of 
you know, they, people will put themselves into groups, uh, unfortunately, and there's a lot of black and white or gay or, gay or straight or transgendered, you know, or not. Oh, yes. And, um, yeah. and so I think a lot of times when people talk about diversity, they talk about things like that. But as you said, yes, yes, you know, there are exactly. all, all types of different types of people out there, uh, you know, whether it's weight, height, you know, uh, just, you know, different types of faces and things like that. And uh, yeah, I think yeah, that... Yeah, exactly. Even that, even that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think we definitely, you know, could use a lot more of that as opposed to... You know, and sometimes it seems in Hollywood things get homogenized, uh, for lack of a better term. And I think that can be a problem, uh, like you said. But we need, you know, people like you that are willing to kind of go out and, you know, put put your, your dues in and go through the paces and everything uh, in order to to kind of break through and, and, you know, force that change on people. Yeah, because uh, basically I even written a, a screenplay myself because, you know, as a... As a jobbing actor, and uh, you know, you always wait for your little break here and there. But in the meantime, you have to pay the bills. Huh? We live in the real material world. <laughs> so obviously, as a as a kind of a day job, I'm I'm kind of uh, doing a bit of PA work and carer work for you know for people with disabilities and uh, children with autism and you know people with Parkinson's disease and all kind of people that I meet. Mm-hmm. And I would say all kind of amazing people that I meet because, you know, before they got this condition, they sometimes had a normal life, as we could call it. And, um, and now they're a bit like they have to adapt to their new condition and their new way of life and they still have so much to give. And uh, so I decided to write a screenplay about that, about all those people that I'm meeting, all those amazing people that I'm meeting. And... Uh, so I'm interacting with a lot of different characters, which I took inspiration from, the, pe- the real people I met. And so hopefully one day I will put this screenplay on the screen. And uh, so it's still in negotiation and so on. So right now, that's why I cannot talk too much about it. But right. uh, basically, um, I, have a, I have a project about diversity and all kind of uh, people who are different in some ways. Yeah. Now, let me ask so, you... Um, I know, uh, speaking of things you probably can't talk too much about, I know I know how Disney is, so I know you can't uh, mention a lot of anything, but as I, I mentioned at the top, you're going to be in the Artemis Fowl movie that comes out in August. What was it like to be on the set of a, you know, a big kind of tentpole film like that? Well, I must say, it was amazing, yeah. As you say, I, I won't be able to talk too much about it, but in, indeed it was like a mega production, you know, and uh, it's very... I've been to other big productions like that before, I would say, because I was on a... <clears throat> I was playing like a, just a, a tribe, something in um, in Pan from um, Joe Wright. Okay, yeah. You know, like Pete Pan, so I was already on a big studio film. Warner Brothers back then. Then I was also on the the Nutcracker. I was playing a bit of a standing for you know because another thing being a being a the size of a child, which I am, four foot eleven, you tend to be asked a lot to play doubles or or standing in for child actors. Mm-hmm. So that's another that's another kind of a thing that I'm doing sometime, which still allows me to be 
to be working like you know very small but i mean still being like in big production uh, film mm-hmm. so i was like like this in the nutcracker and the real worms like as well um, which was coming out a couple of months ago it was in the cinema and uh, so but being in big production like that is indeed is the real deal you know it's the real kind of real big uh, big films like two three hundred people on set every single day and uh, and on that film basically I was I'm playing a, a kind of a, you know um, oh my god I'm forgetting now well, I, basically, I was uh, I was like every single day, four hours and a half on makeup chair you know, before okay. I was ready. So yeah, a goblin, right? You play a goblin. A goblin, yeah, that's the thing. I, I just had uh, like a bit, little memory, like from <laughs> that. <That's laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm playing a little nasty goblin. <laughs> so yeah, you see, all that makeup, I'm yeah. sure, is is uh, that's probably a little tasking, huh? To uh, yeah, it was an amazing, amazing, it was an amazing experience, you know, like every day, like waking up at 3 a.m., mm-hmm. uh, I was picked up uh, at the hotel, uh, you know, my way to the studio, then makeup chair, like for four hours and a half, then quick, quick breakfast uh, with a straw, because, you know, I, I had like a lot of, um, I had a prosthetic mask and everything, and fake teeth and everything, so... Was like in- incredible. I the transformation was like incredible. You know, once it's coming out in the in the sh- in the theater, you will understand what I mean. Right. And uh, we were quite a couple, like that. And I think it was just an amazing experience, really. And to be part of this such a big project, and uh, obviously, as I say, my part is quite a very small part. But I mean, still, I was there, and uh, it was just amazing to be part of it. Yeah. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see the the results in the theater this summer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that is all the time we have here on Massive Late Fee. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, Giuseppe Lentini. Uh, and thank you so much for having me. Where can people find you on on the internet? Do you have like uh, oh. fa- Facebook or Twitter stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. So first, I have my own. Uh, I have my own website, which is uh, it's called GiuseppeLentini.com. Mm-hmm. Then uh, on Twitter is Giuseppe Lentini as well. And basically, if you go on Google and type Giuseppe Lentini actor, then you'll have all my thing coming up. <laughs> but uh, also on, uh, I'm also on Instagram, so it's uh, Giuseppe Lentini underscore actor. And, uh, but I mean, basically there's only one like me. So if you type Giuseppe Lentini, the little, sh- the little guy, actor, you know, you see that. Like, oh, going to come up. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it was a pleasure to have you here. Uh, we definitely invite you to come back anytime. Thank you so much, uh, Giuseppe Lentini. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. And, uh, thank you for the opportunity. And, um, I hope your audience will be able to take some of it and, um, Maybe inspire other people themselves. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much, Mark. Bye bye.